0: Hey guys, welcome to the Fellowship Greenville Students Podcast. This week, JJ Bunny will be sharing with us in our My Story series as he talks about others. JJ shares about his journey growing in his faith by fighting the temptation of sin with the help of friends around him. He shares how God uses others around us through trials so we don't have to walk alone in it. We will look at Galatians 6 verses 1 through 3 and what it means to carry each other's burdens. Matt wraps up the message talking about how it matters who you let into your life because you're a product of the people you're around. Faith is not meant to be done alone, and we're so thankful for JJ's courage to share his story. We hope you enjoy this message.
1: What's up, guys? How are y'all doing tonight? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, as Matt said, uh, we've been in the My Story series. How many of you have been here for at least, like, one other one? Raise your hand. How many of you have been here for all of them? Dang, we have some regulars out here. Um, so I'm going to be sharing my testimony. And at first when Matt asked me about, I'd say, a year ago, um, he was asking me if I want to share my story. And I was really just like, I don't really have a story. Um I don't have any of these crazy stuff that these other people have had in their stories. My parents were never divorced. My parents are still happily married. Um, Nobody in my, like, really, really uh, close to me in my life has passed away, like a sister or brother or anything. Uh, None of this stuff has really happened to me. Like, nothing tragic, nothing too crazy. I was thinking my story was generic, but... Really, in reality, we all have a story. God's moved us in different ways than everybody else. And it's important to realize that. And one day, I don't know, I just realized, I was like, Matt, I want to share. So I grew up in a Christian home um, ever since I can remember. My parents have been Christians before I was born. Um, I've been going to this church ever since I can remember. Uh, pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. And I really just—I grew up Christian. I took it for granted. Um, Jesus loves me. This I know. Like it's not—it wasn't anything crazy to me. It was okay. That's a simple fact. Like move on. Um, it was—I it was repeated so many times that I really just started to think it not anything of it. Um, I was saved in kindergarten because I didn't wanna to go to hell. Um, that was the simple reason. <laughs> I, I didn't really understand like what Christianity was yet. I didn't understand what a relationship with God meant. I, I didn't understand any of these things. I mean, I was a five-year-old. Um, so I really didn't go on a journey to reach my faith, but I went on a journey to um, really grow a relationship with God and keep my faith strong. So I continued to grow up in a Christian home. Again, just like, okay, I go to church on Sundays, read my Bible every once in a while, whatever. Um, and through elementary school, um, I've never really been, I was never really the cool kid. Um, I wasn't like really popular all the time. But in elementary school, like I can't remember the last time I talked to an elementary school or who wasn't gonna like who wasn't about to go into middle school who cared like oh I'm the most popular kid in school like you d- really don't care in elementary school but then I got into middle school and I was like man if I could just be cool I'd be happy if I could just be popular I won't have any problems in my life you know um, which I later found out really wasn't the case um, <laughs> so. Uh, I got made fun of a lot in sixth grade because I was stuck in the middle of this spectrum of trying to be myself on one side and doing all these things that other kids wanted me to do on the other side. I was stuck right in the middle. So I was being rejected by people who would both accept me for who I was because I was being mean to them and rejecting them because I wanted to be friends with these kids, but they were still rejecting me. So I really didn't have that many friends and one day I was just like, okay, Uh, I decided like I'm going to be the person they want me to be. I'm going to start doing all this stuff that they do because maybe if I do that, I'll be cool and I won't have problems in my life. So I started to cuss a lot, like that was the first thing. Um, In middle school, I I cussed all the time. Um... And then I began to look at girls in a way of, like, can I get anything sexual out of this relationship, Um, which really is just jacked up. Um, And I also, I became the bully that I once hated. I started making fun of kids like it was nothing because the crowd I was hanging out with thought it was funny, thought it was cool. Um... So if they thought it was funny, then I'm fine. Like, my friends think it's funny, so it doesn't matter. But really, I was hurting those kids that I was making fun of deep down. Um, When you hear all this stuff about bullying, it really opens your eyes on, like, how it can affect someone. So I began doing all that. And throughout this period of my life, yeah, I had friends. I was cool. I was popular. But I really, I was struggling more than ever. Um, I was broken in sin. I found my identity basically in my sin. Um, my sin was what made me who I was, and I was really just constantly going through worry and anxiety because I didn't know what tomorrow held. I didn't know. I didn't know what tomorrow held, and I wouldn't let Jesus take the wheel. I wouldn't let Jesus just have my life and have the comfort that, you know, I don't have, I don't know what tomorrow holds, but he does and he has a plan for me. I didn't have that comfort. So Sunday nights, I would have stomach aches. I would be up late with stomach aches on Sunday nights, and I was like, I can't go to sleep. I can't go to school tomorrow. Um, It was just constant anxiety. And then one day around like the beginning of my eighth grade year, I... One kid came up to me, and he said, aren't you a Christian? And that really just, like, hit me. I was like, yeah? Like, why are you asking? Um, I realized that Christianity is a little more than just being saved at five years old. It's something that you have to live out every day. You have to live a life of... um, striving to be closer to Jesus. Um, I was teaching a K4 class at the time, and I realized, like, man, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm trying to teach them to be good Christian people when they grow up. And at the same time, I I was doing nothing of the sort. I was doing the complete opposite of that. Um, I was really just calling myself a Christian. I wasn't actually living it out. So as I moved forward, I didn't really have like a lot of immediate healing. It wasn't like, oh, he said that to me. Let me immediately fix everything in my life. Cause that's not how it works. That's not gonna happen. But that kid really planted a spark in my heart. And really it was like, he planted a spark of what Christianity truly means. So, at the same time in my life, um, we got a new youth pastor. When I was uh, rising eighth grader, um, beginning of my rising eighth grade summer, we got this new youth pastor, and I just thought he was so cool. Um, I followed him around everywhere. Like I was like, this dude is the coolest dude I've ever met. I'm going to talk to him until he starts the sermon. Like, it was, <laughs> it was really. Like, I just loved him. I loved how he was fun and interactive, yet he was so loving and encouraging. He could, yeah, tell a joke, like, kind of teasing someone, but you knew he loved you deep down. Um, Dallas Greenaway really started to be the ultimate model of a, Chris, a Christian leader in my life, um, And I looked up to him so much. So I started, in eighth grade, I had a class called communications. Hated that class. But the one thing that really helped me in that class was um, an assignment where we had to job shadow someone. And after seeing everything that Dallas did on Sunday mornings, I was kind of curious what he did during the week. So... I asked him if I could job shadow him, and I felt like that was really God telling me, like, hey, like, I want you to do this. I think this would be good for you, and um, this, like, this is your chance. So, I did, I filled out all the paper, all, like, the forms I had to get signed and everything, and I went in on October 30th, 2016. I still remember the due date. Um, And... It was so fun. It was like one of the most fun days that I've had. Um, we went, we started out the day by reading our Bibles. And then we worked on like some ministry stuff, like what like games for the week, and like the game for the week and a little bit of the sermon. It was a Wednesday, so it was his sermon day. And we, um, I even wrote a sermon, which I thought was really cool. I still have it somewhere. Um. And I really just got to see behind the scenes, like, what these people do. What are, what are these youth ministry people all about? And it showed me, like, I really want to commit my life to that because I, I had been teaching that class, and I realized, like, I loved teaching the word. Yeah, I didn't always live it out perfectly, but I loved teaching it. Um, so... As I moved past that point in my life, I continued to try to take stuff out that was not good and was separating me from, um, a relationship with God. And I tried to put stuff in constantly that were good Christian habits, more like reading my Bible, praying more, not just hearing the word God on a Sunday morning, um, it was, it was really quite a while. It, it took quite a while of healing, but um, eventually I, I, I started to get there. And I, I really, Charlie talked about a couple weeks ago, he talked about locking all the doors and only letting Jesus in. And I, I left a big one open. Um, it tested my faith more than ever, and... It was not a thing so much that other people saw in me, but it was like really, it really tested my faith. Um, That struggle was um, lustful actions and like specifically pornography. Um, So it really—it's heartbreaking. And Satan, in these times of temptation, Satan continued to tell me the lie that it didn't matter. It didn't matter if I did it or not. Nobody was going to know. God had already forgiven me. I don't have to worry about that. Like, God's going to forgive me anyway. And, like, uh, I knew what I was doing was wrong. But Satan told me that lie that it wasn't a big deal. Um around the beginning of ninth grade, some point um one night at youth group I, I was really just convicted I don't even remember what the sermon was about um but when the worship time started, I was just like, i need to tell someone i need i need this this whole of Guilt and shame that I've been digging. To, I need someone to pull me out of it. And so, that night after a sermon, I, after one of Matt's sermons, I pulled Colin Marks and Logan Hopper aside into one of the small group rooms. And my two best friends. Um, who and I just told them. I told them everything. And I was so broken, guys. I was, I was like, I could not get the words out of my mouth how much shame I had. And you know what they did? They looked, they looked at me crying, and they just held me. And I can't thank God enough for them. Um... I realized that night that I was breaking that sex covenant that should be saved for marriage. Um, I realized that I was indirectly breaking it. And um, that's really the night that, like, healing started. I started to a point of healing. Um, in, and then about a year later... Um, I had like pulled. I had pulled a lot of those of that lust sin out of my life, but it would still creep up every couple of months. You know, um, it was still there somewhere. About a year later, um, Matt, oh, Maddie D, was doing a uh, study in the book of Hebrews. It was, it was really powerful. Hebrews is a lot of warning and it explains the old covenant, new covenant kind of stuff. And it talked about new covenant and Jesus's sacrifice in Hebrews chapter 10. It talked about taking the cross for granted. And I realized every time I committed that sin and I fell into that lie that Satan was telling me what, that it was just no big deal, that's exactly what I was doing. Um, I was recently reading a book that really summed up how I – what I was doing. Um, Here's a quote from it. It says, though God pardons sinners and makes great provision for expressing his mercy, he will never negotiate his justice. If we fail to understand that, the cross of Christ will be utterly meaningless to us. Utterly meaningless. We, when I was making my sin less important, I was in turn making the cross less important to me. Because um, Jesus died on that cross, not just because, he died for a reason. It had to be done because there was no other way our sin could be healed, our sin could be forgiven. Um, I was really just, when I was reading through that, that was only recently when I was starting to plan for my story. Like God like wrote that in there right before I read this book. Um, he, that was really just like the sum up of what was happening. Um, so then this past January, I went to a conference called S2S or Strength to Stand Conference um, based in Alabama. But they're were over. They're up in, I believe it was Knoxville, Tennessee. And we were up in Tennessee. And one of the nights, a dude did a story on temptation and falling into temptation. And he told a story of his temptation. Um, one night after he had gotten done preaching, it was the last night of the conference. Um, one night he just started to um make his way back to the hotel but he hadn't eaten yet so he stopped at a bar (laughs) because he loves bar food apparently um so he ordered nachos and wings and um mac and cheese I think which I was like that's not a good combination um and he was getting it to go he was just going to take it back to his hotel room and the Waitress gave him a metal silverware when he asked for it, and he said, he said, I need plastic silverware because I'm getting it to go. And she, this is what he said, um, she said that he, or she said, why don't you just give me your room number, and I'll come pick it up later. And in that moment, he said he faced a really, he faced a really big moment of temptation, Um, there's this woman standing in front of him who wants to sleep with him, but he's a married man. Um, He, and he talked about temptation and really the reality of temptation. He said, temptation is when the right desire is baited to be satisfied in something wrong. Um, It's, that's really exactly what was happening in my life. Um, Those right sexual desires, um that God has implanted in us we're being satisfied in something that was breaking that covenant um so he said temptation is a test you can pass you can fail he said you're not going to pass every test it's I'm y'all have been in school for what at least nine years I'm sure y'all have failed one test or two um (laughs) um you're gonna you're gonna fail tests it's the same thing in your faith you're not always gonna oh I'm perfect no only if you're Jesus um you're you're gonna you're gonna fail those tests in trials and one of the final things he said he said it's an opportunity for victory through Christ that statement really changed my life, because in those moments of temptation, now I had something to lean back on. I wasn't leaning back on my own understanding of things. I was leaning, I was leaning back on Christ's sacrifice and that I have victory against those sins through him. Um, really, in those moments of temptation it's a, it's a matter of is What do you want more? Do you want a strong relationship with Christ? Or do you want this desire to be fulfilled for a temporary amount of time? Because when you do that and satisfy that desire in that temporary amount of time, you start to separate yourself from that relationship with God. It starts separating you slowly and slowly. Um that really that statement really changed my life and I've come a long way because of that. Um so that made me wanna dedicate this stone of remembrance. If any of you were here a couple weeks ago, Christy Calliope um shared her story and it was so it was so powerful. And she had like a lot of stones of remembrance for stuff. And she put a stone under everybody's seat. And I committed this one to how God used the others around me to bring me through that time of incredible temptation and sin. Um, It was a trial that I wasn't standing alone in. God was using other people around me. Um, my word for my story, as Matt said, it's others. Um, and I, I had no clue what my word was going to be when I met with Matt on Tuesday. I was like, yeah, I have no clue. I came in there, I came in there with so much stuff, so many different parts of my life. But, um, once Matt heard it, Matt was, Matt really pointed out that, a lot of my story revolves around others in my life leading me to this point. Um, A scripture that really stood out to me when I was thinking about my story was Galatians 6, 1 through 3. We'll get there in a minute. Um, My journey with Christ has relied on others in multiple ways, whether it was my parents, leading me really to salvation through a Christian home, through raising me in a Christian home and answering those questions that I had. um, Or peer pressure leading me into that first major test of my faith and really finding out what Christianity really means. Or the one kid calling me out that one day, like guys, I don't even remember that kid's name. Like I've never talked to that kid. And he absolutely turned my life around. Um, But the most important way that others have played a part in my life and my walk with God is um, really displayed in this passage. Verse 1 says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. I was that one deceiving myself. I thought I could handle it on my own. I thought I was fine. But then that one night, God was tugging on my heart like, go tell Kyle. Go tell Logan. I needed to tell someone. I needed someone else to bear This huge load of burdens that I had on my back, I needed someone to carry a little bit. I didn't have enough strength for it all. Like, God has put some really important people in my life. Some really people, like, if I didn't have these people in my life, I don't know where I would be. I don't know if I would be on this stage right now. Um, I've been best friends with Kyle Marks for, since we were five years old and like when they cried with me that night, like that was huge. That I, I was so scared to tell them because of, um, because of my fear that they were going to reject me just like I had faced before. I, I thought that after telling them this, like, even though we we're best friends, like, they're gonna lose all respect for me and they were never gonna look at me the same way. Logan Hopper is another really important person in my life. Um, he's, he's been there so many times where I'm, like, in tears about, guys, sometimes it's the stupidest stuff and i will call him i'll call logan hopper and he's always answering he's always there to answer he's always there to listen if i just need to vent about something stupid or or if i really need to have a conversation with someone he's there um one of the, probably the one of the most important figures in my life recently is dallas greenaway where is he He's not in here. Um, <laughs> Dallas Greenway is really the, the ultimate example I've had for a Christian leader in my life. Um, he's always been there. He's always been. <laughs> except right now. Except right now. Um, <laughs> he's, he's always been there walking with me and really showing me what it means to grow in my relationship with God and um, let others see the light through me because I saw a light through him. Um, he really, he's, he's so important to me. Um, faith isn't something that we're meant to do on our own. When I was, when I was trying to do that at one point, um, in my life, like, guys, I was struggling more than ever. I was broken. I was struggling with anxiety constantly, shame, guilt, you name it. But when I allowed um, Kyle and Logan and Dallas to really know what was going on in my life it immediately, and let them bear my burdens with me, it immediately just let me breathe. Um, we need those people in our lives who are walking with us in our faith to just laugh with us and be good friends, cry with us on the phone, um, to catch us when we fall and call us out on it call us out like hey man you shouldn't be doing that and set us back on the right path to relationship with God and most importantly to be there for us to cast our burdens on and for us to not have to worry about everything in our life by ourselves So, I want to challenge y'all to think about who are those people in your life? Who are those people that in your life that you could tell anything and they're still going to stand right there beside you and walk with you? Um, maybe, maybe nobody comes to mind immediately. Maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking, Man, I don't have a lot of those people who I'm comfortable telling everything to. There's a lot of there's a lot of people who I would like to be that close with. I would like to have that relationship with, where I could tell them anything and they're walking right there with me. Or maybe you just need maybe you just need to pray and ask God. Like, God send one of those people into my life. So I can grow my relationship stronger with you. Um, Guys, I can't stress enough how important it is to walk with others in your faith. Like, that's bottom line. There's no, there's nothing, there's nothing that helps you more along the way than having even one person who you know is going to be there every step of the way. We can't do it on our own. We need other people to help us along the way to so we can gain the most important friendship we'll ever have with Jesus. Um, let's pray, y'all. Dear Lord, I pray that you just... Really show us those people in our lives. Um, Allow us to see how you are leading us to live. How you want us, what you want us to do um, in our lives to glorify you. I pray that as we go on throughout our weeks and really just the rest of our um, faith that we just rely on you and we know that even though we might not always have those friends in our lives walking with us 100% of the way, we know we have um, the son of God walking right there with us. In your name we pray, amen. Guys, give it up for JJ. Great
0: job, dude. (laughs) Good job. Great job, man! Proud of you, buddy. So here's what I loved when we met uh, and we talked, and what you said tonight. Here's what I loved: is you pointed to others, and um, it's so true, man. One of the comments you made is, "is faith is not meant to be done alone," and that's very difficult to do in a culture like ours, which American culture is very like individual. So, bro, I loved it. Great job. Love your message. Love your sermon. Love you, man. Pastor Judja right there. Hey, uh, uh, you guys know Plato? Anyone know Plato? Yeah. So, yeah. Wow. We're just excited about everything. Uh, so my son got these eggs uh, for Easter, and they're filled with play doh. Yellow has yellow in it. Purple has purple. Blue has blue. Uh, but my son does this interesting thing with play doh where when he plays with him, he he prefers to mix the colors together. Some of the personalities in here. That's like torture for you. It's like why. Would you do that? Uh, like me, for instance, when he starts mixing them and they become a very weird shade of gray or brown, I'm like, dude, your Play-Doh's ruined because <laughs> it looks like throw up. But he loves doing it. But um, as JJ, as you and I were talking about your sermon, this is uh, uh, this is one of my son's Play-Doh balls, which is, or cubes, I don't know. It's um, it's purple and yellow and blue, and the yellows and blues have become green and the purples and blues have become I don't I don't know, man. Like <laughs> whatever uh whatever you preserve frogs with that you dissect, whatever that is, hermatified, whatever that yeah, <laughs> <Hermaldified. laughs> I think I was thinking Harry Potter, Hermione, and then it mixed with that. I don't know. Anyway, man, frogs. I don't know. Yeah, you like that reference? Thanks, man. That's my only Harry Potter reference. Anyway. This is one of his uh, uh, mixtures, but what I love about this, and JJ, what I loved about what we talked about is, ultimately, guys, in our lives, you are a product of the people in your circle. It's just that simple, and I know sometimes we think, like, hey, I'm, I'm going to be who I'm going to be no matter what. Like, I'm going to make my decisions. I'm going to grow up to be whoever I want to be, and blah, 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 and, and some of that is true, but you have to understand, you are, at the end of the day, a product of the people in your circle. Your friends, who you invite in, your parents, so on and so forth. At the end of the day, we become this. It's like, man, whoever I've invited in, I become like this weird mixture of all of those people. And there's beauty in that. There's also danger in that. So one of the things J.J. said is, man, when I was younger, I had these bullies that I, for whatever reason, like wanted to be like them. They were cool, man, and I wanted to be like them. J.J. started to introduce some colors into his life, and it affected him. He started to swirl that in, and, and he started to become like them. And then he had this this kid that you don't even know his name. It's interesting, man. You don't remember that kid's name. You don't remember my sermon that brought you to tears. Uh, it's it's not that I it's not that I'm hurt by that or anything. Um, it's not like I my feelings were hurt that I preached a sermon that brought you to tears in a moment of repentance and transformation. But you can't even remember what I talked about. It's not it's it's not like my feelings are hurt. Um, no, man. But he had this 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 kid. Tell them, like, dude, aren't you a Christian? And the students you were teaching, like all of a sudden you realize, man, I got them in my life too. Your parents brought you to faith. Dallas Greenaway came into the picture. Kyle and Logan were with you that night. Like all these people started to get swirled together and you are a result of the people in your life. That is a beautiful story and that's the reality of all of our lives. We are a product of the people in our circle. And so guys, I wanna encourage you to chew on what JJ talked about, but I I do wanna challenge you too. The same challenge he said is, man, who are you inviting in? Some people and the, curl, the, the the colors they're swirling into your life shouldn't be in there. They're toxic, they're unhealthy, they're producing negative things, and therefore you're becoming negative in, in certain ways. But other people, maybe you need to invite them into your life and allow their, their colors to contribute and, uh, and, and start to shape you a little bit. People matter, and who you let in matters. So, J.J., thanks for the word, man. Beautiful story. Loved it, dude. Thanks for pointing us to Jesus. Great job. Guys... <laughs> Guys, have a great week. You're dismissed. We'll see you next week right here for our last programming week of the year. Love you guys.